turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. It is a privilege and an honor to be here. I, we, we absolutely love being here um, all the time. And uh, just before we get started, I just want to open up in a word of prayer. Amen. Is that all right? Father, I just come to you now, Lord. I just thank you for your word. I pray that, and I believe that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, Father. That it's not just a history book, but that it is for us today. It is for us to now. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you open up minds, hearts, eyes, ears, and spirits to receive all that you have for us. Lead me and guide me in the direction you want me to go. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I was talking with Joseph. And uh, this is a great guy. Got to even know him more while I was in Africa. And I was talking to Joseph, and he said that Wednesday nights, y'all have been doing like a Bible study. It's been more like a college study, etc. So I I was like, that's great, because that's kind of what I was wanting to do tonight anyway. So we're going to do a little study, if, if that's great for you. The only downfall to that is when I got here, Tessa made coffee and she makes this really strong coffee and she had these huge cups and it was really good and I had two big old cups of coffee so <laughs> no you know um I love hearing stories and I remember uh, I think I believe it was Dr. Savell told the story when he first got into the ministry and how he would stand on the side of the bathtub Right? Do y'all remember that story? To read his Bible so you wouldn't fall asleep. And I love beginning stories. And I get asked that a lot. Because I was in ministry for uh, 10 years. And just treading water, I guess you would say. So you can almost see how you can even apply this to your life. Not just if you're in ministry. But just treading water. You know, I wasn't drowning. But I wasn't fulfilling what all God had. And so... I've been asked, what changed? What was the click? What was it that just catapulted you? Because I actually got out of ministry for a bit. Um, and I was doing just Chariots of Light. And that's when I was film, I went into movies because I took Chariots of Light, being a light in a dark world. And I said, you know, the movies are a dark place. So that's when I'm going to start acting in movies and being a light. And I was doing that, but it wasn't ministry, ministry, like, like I knew God had, you know, it was one-on-one, which is great. But what, what was the trigger? And so I want to tell you what that trigger was for me. And it wasn't standing on the side of a bathtub <laughs> with my Bible. I was, um, I was at this youth camp and I was talking to this, this old, old farmer and, uh, he said, so how's the ministry going? And I said, you know, I'm pretty much out of ministry because I had done youth ministry for 10 years. And youth ministry, it's, it's, we were ministering to, we built the ministry on, we wanted all the kids no one else wanted. And, um, I mean, it was the rough kids of the city. And, in fact, they stole the tailgate off of one of the deacons of the church. <laughs> it struck. One service, I had to do two offerings, one for money, then a second offering for whatever you wanted to get rid of out of your pockets because the drug dogs were outside of the door that when you walked out. Yes. <laughs> and it was surprising what all we got in the offering that night. And, um, but it was rough. And, 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 and it plays on you. And, and so the old, the old farmer said, 
you still in ministry? How's it going? I said, no, I'm not in ministry anymore. Um, I said, you know, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Maybe you've used that too. I said that. True story. The old farmer looked at me and he said, then you're not a good farmer. I said, what are you talking about, old man? Do you see I got cowboy boots and a belt buckle on? I mean, this was at the time I was filming westerns. I just filmed True Grit, you know? And I was in uh, uh, Legends of Hell's Gate that they filmed in Granbury. I mean, I was, I'm a cowboy as it come. This was before I was a sailor. Before I was a sailor, I was a cowboy. You know, I was Ranger Rex instead of Compton Rex, you know? I mean, what are you talking about? I'm not a good farmer. He said, I can take my horse to water and I can make him drink. That piqued my interest. I said, how do you do that? And at this moment in our lives, we actually had two horses. I just bought my wife a couple of horses, put a barn up and everything. I said, how do you do that? He said, I put a salt block next to the horse trough. And when that horse licks that salt, he can't help but to drink. Joseph, I had an aha moment. You know, one of those, an aha moment. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And if you're true salt, when people get around you, they can't help but to drink from the river that never runs dry. They can't help but to drink from the stream of life. I I, I was like, oh my goodness. Because here I had always put it on them. Well, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make them drink. It's their fault they're not drinking. And God did a work in me that it wasn't their fault they're not drinking. It's my fault because I'm not salt. Ow. So, if you're salt, when people get around you, they can't help but to want to know more. They can't help but to drink from the river that never runs dry. This is what changed not my li- not just my life, my ministry, but my life. It changed my life. You know, I, I, I've heard that scripture my whole life. I mean, then right after that, it says, you are the light of the world. I understood you are the light of the world. You know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Go, no, you know, don't blow it out and all that stuff. I understood that. They have songs about it, but they don't have songs about salt. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get that one, Stu. And so that's what started a discovery in my life that I wanted to know what it was talking about and what salt was in the word so I could become salt. So let's look at that scripture. Let's look at that opening scripture, the one, because that's the only one I knew about salt. You are the salt of the earth. So if you've got your Bible, hold your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. God's word to me. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 5. Matthew 5. And let's just start in uh, verse 1. And most of us know this one. This is the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. And uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Um, it, as the crowds were gathering, Jesus went on the mountainside and he sat down to teach them. And this is what he taught them. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And he starts going through all the Beatitudes. Blessed. 
blessed or God blesses those who mourn. Blessed are those um, who are meek. They shall inherit their word. Blessed is those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he goes through all the Beatitudes. And we've all heard this. How many of you say, I'm blessed? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, uh, Dr. Savell always says, I'm blessed and highly favored. Amen. Amen. And, and it goes through all of them. And um, in verse 11, and I'm looking in the New Living Translation right now, it says, God blesses you. Bless when you are mocked and persecuted and lied about because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Now, this one I didn't like. You say, what? People talk about me and persecute me. I'm supposed to be happy about it. Right. That's what it says. Then it went on to say, be very glad. So don't just be happy. I got to be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted too. You are the salt of the earth. So it's right after this. You are the salt of the earth. King James says, ye are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor is thenceforth good for nothing? Can it be made useful again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Bless the reading of his word. So I found this and I, I discovered that we are the salt of the earth. And that I needed to do that. And that I needed to be not just blessed and highly favored. I needed to be, title of the sermon, blessed and highly flavored. Amen. Amen. See what I did there, Sue? I did it. Hell. Flavored. Salt. Blessed and highly flavored. So I started doing a, a study on and started looking up all the different things that salt was in the scriptures and what salt did. And so if you're taking notes, and I, I believe Pastor Nett will love this one. There is seven points that I came up with. <laughs> Not three. If you don't, if you have more than three, you do seven. Okay. Then if you don't, if you have more than seven, do 10 because 10 commandments. If you have more than 10, do 12, but don't, I don't know, but I picked seven. I like that number. And they all begin with the letter P. That's what pastor Annette, I know will like. The first point that I found that salt is, is salt penetrates. Salt penetrates. It has a very penetrating ability. When I was in Corpus Christi, um, me and my wife, we were riding through Corpus on the Harley. And um, we do, like most chariots do, we stopped at the first Harley after the Starbucks. You know, We stopped at the Harley dealership and I was looking at bikes. Because that was before she had her bike and uh, was looking at possibly getting her a Harley. And we was noticing and we was looking at the used ones because I wanted to pay cash at that time. And... Uh, that's where I was at, a used one. And all the used ones had these little rust pits, like in the chrome, all over it. And I'm like, man, it only has a couple thousand miles. Why? Well, those of you that's ever been to the coast, or maybe you've lived up north where they salt the roads, that salt penetrates, it seems like, everything. It gets in and it, and it corrodes. It gets in and, and it's a very aggressive Substance, salt is. 
I see that in the early church in Acts 8, verse 1. It says, Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. So here in Acts 8, 1, the church is very young. And they just started being scattered, okay? And in verse... um, and went everywhere and in verse, let's see, that was verse 4. In verse 1 it says, Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Then in verse 4, then they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. So here 8 verse 4 is when they finally all took off to preach the word. Now, let's jump ahead nine chapters, Acts 16. So, in nine chapters, between Acts 8 and Acts 16, it says, Acts 16, verse 6, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying. This is what they said. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. So in nine chapters, the apostles had turned the world upside down. They were very aggressive. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I learned this through chariots. It's not just talking about geographically world. It's every man's world. We have to penetrate everywhere you go. Your job. When I was on the movie set, that's what I started doing and was able to win people to the Lord. I got to pray with Jeff Bridges. It's amazing how many closet Christians there are in the world until you let your light shine, until you start being salt, penetrated, and they come out of the closet. It's time for the church to come out of the closet. Quit hiding it under a bushel. Come out of the closet, let your light shine, and that flicker, all it takes is a spark. And that fire will take off. And by the time we knew it, we was having a prayer meeting right there on the set of True Grit. And Jeff Bridges was like, hey, I want in on part of that. And we got to pray with Jeff Bridges. Just by penetrating. Penetrating. Your job, everywhere you go, be a light. Be salt. Penetrate. So the first P is salt penetrates. The second P I found that salt does was in Judges 9 verse 45. And it talks about Abimelech. And it says, And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. And he took the city and he slew the people that was there within. And he beat down the city and he sold it, sowed it with salt. So basically, he sowed the city with salt to prevent the ground from being used to grow crops. He killed the fields with salt. Salt kills things. You didn't know that. You ever pour salt on a slug? Don't do it. <laughs> Don't. I'm not saying I ever did. But back in the day, young boys used to like pour salt on a slug and see what happens. It kills some things. First time I ever discovered that, um, my father pastored a little church in Copper's Cove when he first went there in the 70s. And uh, it didn't have a uh, blacktop parking lot. It just had oil and gravel parking lot. And their weeds, weeds would grow up through the parking lot, that oil and gravel all over the place. And, and, and 
he always wanted to make it look the best he could. He, they, you know, the church couldn't afford a black top, but we're going to do make it look good. And me and my brother, we were, of course, in a small church. You're the, the lawn man, the, the custodian, the sound guy. I mean, we did, you know, you do, you do everything. And um, I mean, here, I'm like five, six years old. And we had to take Roundup and go kill all the weeds. And that, it was a, it was a decent-sized parking lot. It seemed like it was taking us forever. Just And my, my dad, I guess he felt sorry for us because we were out there a couple hours. Just, you know, and, uh, and that's, as a little kid, you're, you're, you're wanting to watch it die right then. So we're, I probably sprayed it way too much because you keep spraying it, waiting for it to turn brown. And it's not, you know. And so, but I remember my dad, he went down to the Ace Hardware store and he bought this big feed bag full of salt. Um, and he went and we got in the back of his little Datsun. He had a Datsun hatchback and he popped the hatchback of that little Datsun and we poured the salt on the parking lot. And I'm like, why are we pouring salt on, on the grass and the weeds? I didn't get it. Within a week, Within a week, all those weeds and all that grass was dead. Salt kills weeds. Salt kills weeds. And in the same way, I believe that when true Christianity is sold into the lives, into the homes and the communities of the world, some things will be put to death. Some weeds will be put to death. We should be putting to death some sins in our life. You see, when Jesus comes into life, weeds, sin, are all put to death. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, salt poisons. That's the next P. Salt penetrates. Once it penetrates, it poisons. It starts to kill those weeds. It starts to put that sin to death. The next thing that salt does, and I found this in Job 6.6, is salt was a stimulant to the appetite. Okay? Salt promotes. That's the third P. It promotes. It promotes a thirst. Salt creates a thirst like the farmer talked about the horse to those that are exposed to it. Man, what great opportunity we have as Christians to be salt, to be able to promote a thirst for Christ. Remember what he says in John 7, 37, 38, that out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. See, when we live the way that That God wants us to live. When we are salt, we have the ability to create a thirst for Jesus in the hearts of those around us. We can point them and show them Jesus. Be a stimulant, like it says in Job 6.6, to the appetite. How? So I was like, how? And the way I found that seems to have worked the best was John 3, 16, 17. Do what God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn, but that the world through him might be saved. Love, give, not condemn. That's what Jesus did with the woman at the well. He didn't condemn her. But did you notice he said, go and sin no more? She changed. Yes, we're supposed to be a friend to sinners, but they're not supposed to say sinners. She changed, but he didn't condemn her. He loved, he gave, not condemned. That's what God did. That's what Jesus did. That's what we should do. That's what promotes a thirst. How many times have we heard? It's the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. You're going to hell. That's not good. (laughs) Right? And we, we work in the world right now. We're right now, in fact, in uh, the Renaissance Festival season. And uh, we're out there every weekend uh, feeding hundreds of people and uh, being the light and salt. They know it. People that go into hell, most part, they know it. You don't need to tell them. It's got to love them, give, not condemn, be salt and let the Holy Spirit change him. It's what, what we did and it, it worked. So it promotes, it promotes a thirst. The fourth thing that I found that salt does, and I found this in 2 Kings 2, 19 through 22, in the King James Version test, it says, And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, basically it's not good, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him, and he went forth into the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Salt has a remarkable cleansing ability. Salt purifies. That's a fourth P. It purifies. In fact, I found this also in Ezekiel 16, 4, that in ancient times, newborn babies were washed in salt to cleanse their bodies and to give it firmness to their skin. Salt in a wound cleanses the wound. Often, we as Christians, have a purifying effect on the world around us. The question I have is, you ought to ask yourself, are you salt? Here's one way to answer that. Do others behave differently when you walk up? Do they stop gossiping? I was a teacher for 10 years. And uh, at most schools, they have this place called the teacher's lounge. Also known as Gossip Central. (laughs) Oh, you've been a teacher too? (laughs) You know. (laughs) They like to gossip about the principals, about the other teachers, about the students. I mean, it's just what they like to do. Okay? And it's funny because I was salt. I didn't realize it. 
But I look back and I'm like, man, I can see where I was salt there. A purifying ability. Because when I walked into the teacher's lounge, they stopped. They stopped. And you know what? That doesn't bother me. But how many Christians do we know get upset because they're not included in the gossip? Well, no, 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 no. Look what it says in, in Romans 1.29. It says people who gossip are wicked. Don't be offended if when you come in, they stop gossiping. Just thank God that you are acting as a purifying force in the world around you. But we get upset. We're salt. Then we get upset. We're salt. They wanted to keep me in on the gossip. I want to know what did it. You see? No. Thank God you're being salt. You're that purifying ability. I see this every time and everywhere I go. Um, people behave differently. I had a, a friend um, when I was in, in college who um, I was a theater major who was... Um, uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put it a, a, the right way. Uh, well, he was homosexual. Okay. Uh, I guess, okay word to say. Um, huh? Yeah. I mean, he was. And, um, but I still loved him. I was friends with him, you know. Um, but I also was salt. And I didn't even realize it. And after three years of being at that university, he came to me. He's like, I haven't been practicing that act since you've been around. He said he was gay, but he hasn't been a practicing. Does that make sense? I I can't. I never condemned. But it was that salt in me, that salt, that purifying agent that was working in him, that he wanted to drink and know more about the great I am, that was purifying. See, salt is purifying, a cleansing. It was in 2 Kings 2, 20 and 21, it said, bring me a new cruise, put salt therein. We read that one, but... Therefore, that's when they healed these waters with the salt. It cleansed. Have you ever put salt, though, in a wound? Yeah? Feel good? No. Salt in a wound doesn't feel good. Mm -mm. My son, when he was a little kid, he was like three years old. And my daughter... She had um, one of these little motorized Corvettes or something like that. You know, one of those little cars. And she would drive it around. Well, my son was holding on to the back, acting like he was pushing it. And she gave it the gas and took off. And instead of my son letting go, he held on. And he was dragged. And his poor little knees got all on the gravel there, got all skinned up. And he had gravel and dirt in his knees, right? And being, because I love my son... I knew I had to cleanse it. Okay? My dad said, put peroxide on it. Peroxide don't hurt. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts. (laughs) Believe it or not, on a big open wound, peroxide hurts. And I remember, I remember this distinctive uh, image. My son's like three years old. And I'm pouring peroxide on his knees to cleanse it. 
because I love him. And he looks at me and he's like, Daddy, why? (laughs) Crying, why are you doing this? Why are you hurting me? I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit. But because I loved him. And it hurt him. And it hurt me probably more than it hurt him. It was tearing me up. I knew I had to do it. Because if I didn't, infection sets in. And infection can kill you. I had another friend who had uh, diabetes. And he, he did something to his toe. And infection set in. That infection turned into gangrene. And because he didn't do anything to take care of it, didn't go to the hospital, didn't do anything, he didn't just lose his foot. He lost his life. Killed him. 20-something years old. It'll kill you. Infection will kill you. That's why you got to be salt and purified. And sometimes it doesn't feel good. It hurts when you're that purifying agent. But you got to do it out of love. Does my son hate me now because I tormented him when he was a little kid? Do I have to pay for counseling now? No. Because I hurt him and put peroxide on him. No. He loves me because he knows I was doing it out of love. He didn't like me at the time. Right? Do, do you see how you've got to be a purifying? You do it and you do it in love. Now, if I would have been like, ha, burn, yeah, I hope this hurts. Ha, 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 this is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> now, that may be a different story. Yeah, I may be paying for counseling now if I would have done that. You see, you could do something that hurts, but do it in love. And they know it's in love. You're doing what's best for them. You're a purifying agent. And then once it's healed, and it takes a little time. And clean. It's all good. But at that moment, it doesn't feel good. So salt, it penetrates. We go into all the world. Poisons put sin to death. Promote a thirst for God. And it purifies. The next thing that salt does is it pleases. Salt has a pleasing ability. Luke 14, 34 says salt basically is good for seasoning. You see, salt brings out the best in things. It adds flavor to food. In fact, there are some foods that are better off not eaten unless it has salt on it. Like liver. No way, man. Right? You can't eat some food without salt. French fries. Oh, man. French fries without salt. It's like a nasty, warm, soggy mashed potato or something. I don't know. (laughs) You know, Christians should be the flavor of the world around them. As salt, we are to live our lives and bring out the best in those around us. You know, how many of you be around people that bring out the worst in you? Do you like being around those that bring out the worst in you? No. In fact, whenever I'm around those, I say, I can't be around this person. I have to read because I don't like that guy when they bring out the worst in us. I like being around people that bring out the best in me. You see, we should be bringing out the best in others. 
No matter how bad they are. No matter if they're liver or green bean casserole or soggy french fries. We need to bring out the best in them. You see, salt brings out the best. It adds zest. You know, um, I love watermelon. How many of you like watermelon? I, I was born in Beeville, Texas, South Texas. And in the summers, I'd go visit my grandpa in uh, South Texas. And he would drive to this little country road. And there was a guy who had a pickup truck in the back of the bed of a pickup truck. He always had all these big watermelons. And in a hot summer day, he'd go buy a watermelon, cut it open. And man, me and my brother, we'd just sit there and eat that whole watermelon. I mean, I love watermelon. I love watermelon gum. I love watermelon bubble bath. I mean, not to drink, but to... I mean, I like I, watermelon is, I mean, the blow pops. It's got to be a watermelon, you know, watermelon. And um, I ended up going to college my, to my first degree, uh, the same town that I was born in. And I remember one day at college, I'm like, I wonder if that old guy is still there. And I went and I found the old guy with the pickup truck and I bought me a watermelon. I take it back to my college dorm. We cut that thing open. And my roommate, he said, why don't you put some salt on it? You know what I said? What? He said, put salt on it. I said, wait, watermelon is my favorite thing in the world. Why would I put salt on my favorite thing? The best taste in the world. Why would I put salt on it? He goes, try to say, no. Watermelon's sweet and salt is salty. That's like the opposite of sweet. Why would I do that? He goes, I dare you. I said, I don't care. I ain't ruining my beautiful watermelon. I mean, I'm like, oh, man, the heart of that was so just dark red. He said, I double dog dare you. And I'm like, ooh. South Texas. Mama said, someone double dog dare you. It's not illegal. It's not going to hurt you, hurt anyone else, destroy any property, you know, any of the bad stuff. Kids watching at home. You don't have to take the double dog dare. But if it's something like this, you've got to take a double dog dare. Oh, ah. Salt on my watermelon. My favorite thing in the world. I was mad. I'm sitting there. He double dog dared me. I'm putting salt on my I'm, I'm destroying That'd be stew. That'd be like your Harley taking spray paint out there and trying to spray paint flames on the side of your Harley. You know, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, getting a Honda decal and stick it on the side of your Harley. <laughs> Sorry, anybody that owns Hondas. I just, I, so Stu could understand. He understands that. Okay. Why would I do that? Why would I salt him? I'm mad. I'm mad. I took a bite of that salt and oh my goodness, my taste buds exploded. I was like, what? I mean, I just went to town. I, I blew my mind. I could not believe it. It was so good. Come to find out, I had some why. Salt, what it does is it opens up your taste buds so you can experience all the great best flavors of it. It brings out the best in things. It adds zest. It opens up your taste buds. We, as Christians, as salt, we should be bringing out the best in things. The next thing that salt does, number six, 
is it preserves. We have a very preserving ability. It wards off rot and decay. I found this in the scriptures how they would rub it into meat in an effort to preserve it. We see that in Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. That that whole city could have been saved, could have been preserved by the influence of just ten righteous men. I believe it is with America today. I'm convinced that it's the presence and the prayers of salty Christians that has done more to preserve this nation than anything else we can name. Prayers. Speaking words of life. Words of life. Not condemnation. I see so many Christians that are more like the world. They tried to condemn the other side. Condemn these politicians. Condemn. And they're speaking words of death. Look, your past is spotted. Your future is spotless. Don't speak your past into your future. And it don't matter who our president is. Oh, our president, he's a communist. Or our president, he's going to bankrupt us. He's going to get us nuked. He's going to, whatever. You've heard all the different things. The word says, call things that be not as though they are. If it wasn't so, you're now calling it. There's power in your tongue. Life and death is in the tongue. Don't speak the negative things into existence. Speak words of life. Pray for our leaders. Speak words of life. Our previous president talked about change. You know what? I spoke change over him every day. Holy Spirit, I pray you come in and change his heart. It doesn't matter who your president is, who your leaders are, who your city council is. Speak words of life. Find the best in them. Find good things. Speak words into that. If you don't like the current president, well, I mean, let's see. The the economy's going up. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for our president. How he is blessed, you know, the nation is becoming more blessed. I just pray you continue to give him wisdom like you did on the economy in this area or that area. See how you can speak words of life? No matter who it is. Not words of death. Preserve. Preserve a preventative of decay. And the final P, which I believe is the one he was talking about the most. Yes, salt does all these other things. But I believe this was the most important reference that it does. Is it provides. Salt brings provision. It has a provision providing ability. It was very valuable. In biblical days, and this is the reason why I say that, salt was very, very valuable in the ancient world. It was so valuable, in fact, that the Roman legions were paid their wages in salt. More valuable than gold. 
ooh, you see that? We're valuable. Now, these wages, what does it do? It meets their needs. So salt, we should be meeting needs. In fact, these wages that the Roman soldiers were paid was called their salarium. S-A-L, which is the root for salt. That was salt. It was basically salarium. That's where we get our word salary. What you get paid, your salary means basically being paid in salt. Hmm. I found that out. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Wow. That jumped out at me. It was called, you know, you know that saying, not worth the salt? Not worth the money you're paying them. That's where we get that expression. We should be providing for others. Salt. Your, your salary, what does it do? It helps you to meet your needs. You need food, you use that to buy. We should be meeting the needs of others. That's what Jesus did. That's what Paul did, Timothy. You're sick? Be healed. That's what they needed. Met the needs. You know the parable in Matthew 25, 34 through 36 Matthew 25, 34 through 36, and I'll just hit on it briefly. I won't go through it all. It says, the king will say to those on the right, come, you are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. You know this parable. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty, give you something to drink and naked, all the other things? And the king will tell them in verse 30 and 40, I assure you that when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it for me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed one. Into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me to your home. I was naked and you gave me no clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they were replied, Lord, when, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty? Etc. And he will answer, I assure you, when you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are refusing to help me. Not my words. His. Meet the needs of others. Ye are the salt of the earth. You're valuable. You can meet the needs of others. The scripture goes on to say. It goes on to say. It says, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? You see, it was possible for the salt in those days to lose its flavor. The salt that they had was a little different than our salt that we have today. Our salt is a chemical compound, I wrote it down, called sodium chloride. It's like a chlor- chloride of sodium, whatever. And, uh, but the salt in the ancient days, they were mined from the uh, Dead Sea cliffs. And off the Dead Sea, when the water uh, evaporated, you know, uh, me and my wife, we were riding a Harley. Uh, we went on the South Dakota tour and we decided just to keep on going across the country. We left our house 30 days, like five states, 
5,000 miles later, we pulled back in the driveway. And we were going through Utah because I wanted to go through it. And we're going through this desert. I mean, it's like white. It's like white as snow. And my, my wife goes, yeah, this is the Great Salt Desert. It was right outside the Great Salt Lake. I said, oh, they call it salt because it looks like salt. And he, she said, no, no, it's, uh, it is salt. Lord, help her, for she knows not what she says. I said, no, it's not. She goes, yeah, it is. You know what I did? Like any man, I stopped that motorcycle to prove my wife wrong. I pulled it over. I walked in the middle of that desert. I picked up that sand, that white sand. I said, this ain't salt. If it was salt, it'd taste like. She was right. That wasn't sand. It was salt. What it was is all the minerals that was in the uh, salt lake when the lake went outside of its banks and then the water evaporated, the salt stayed there and it, it formed the, the ground of this. It was salt. You see, that's what they, they did. Now, they would take that salt and they would mix it with the mineral or vegetable matter. Now, when this substance, though, was exposed to, um, to basically elements or when it turched the earth, what made it so valuable was gone. It lost its salty taste. This tasteless salt lost all the qualities that made it valuable and salt after to begin with. He says, what good is salt if it has lost its flavor, its savor? You see, it's possible for us to lose our saltiness as well. Our flavor. I believe it's just like in the scriptures that when we like salt in ancient times, come into too close contact with the world and become like the world. When we get to be more like the world, condemning, being selfish, not meeting the needs of others, then we are like Jesus. You know, I've heard people say, you got to be like the world to win the world. Why don't you be like Jesus to win the world? You ain't got to be like the world. You got to be like Jesus. He was salty. He was blessed and highly flavored. You know, what happens is when we become like the world, what set us apart, what made us so different than the rest of the world, what made us different than the earth, that, that flavor, we've lost it. The scripture goes on to say, it is thenceforth good for nothing. It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You see, ancient, in ancient times when salt lost its flavor, they took it and they used it basically like we use gravel. They would throw it out on the sidewalks and literally men could walk on it. That's what they would use as their sidewalks. Something that was so valuable, more valuable than gold, is now being walked upon by men. How many Christians do we know that the world walks all over them because they lost their saltiness? They lost their saltiness and now the world just walks all over them. Trampled underfoot of men. That's what it says. Is thenceforth good for nothing. You see, if you lose your saltiness, you can't meet the needs of others anymore. He says you're good for nothing and you'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Trotted under foot of men. Salt changes nearly everything it touches. I want to be salt. 
I took this. I, I, I said, if people aren't wanting to drink, then it's not them, it's me. How can I be? I first used that salt to purify some things in my life. I started penetrating everywhere I went. I penetrated. I put to death the sin. I started promoting a thirst by loving, giving, not condemning. I was that purifying agent. Even when it didn't feel good and I didn't want to, I knew I had to purify in love like I did my son. I brought the best out of people. Pleases. Bring the best out of them. I'd take actors that no one else wanted at the Renaissance Festival. I'll take them. I'd make them shine. Make them look like a star on the stage. I preserved. I prayed. I prayed for my country. I spoke words of life, not words of death. Preserve, speak words of life. And I started meeting the needs of others. Provides. They're hungry. I fed them. They're thirsty. I gave them something to drink. Visit them. But they don't believe the way I do. For God so loved the world. Not just the church. Not just the Pentecostal world. Not just the Republican world or the Democrat world. He loved the world that he gave. He gave. And he didn't condemn. My prayer is that we are salt. That when people get around us, they can't help but to drink from the rivers of life. Amen. 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 I am Captain Rex and I approve this message. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you now for your word. I thank you for the revelation of your word. I pray right now that everyone here is motivated to become salt. That we are the salt of the earth. That, Father, we go out and we penetrate the world. That we put those sins and those weeds to death in our life. That we promote a thirst for you, Heavenly Father. By love given, not condemned. That as we purify, uh, being that purifying agent in every single one of them around us. That we see the best comes out. The best comes out in each of them. Father, I pray that we continue to preserve. Thank you for this nation, that we preserve this nation. It is a godly Christian nation. And that as we go out and meet the needs of others, that people will want to drink from you. The river of life, the river that never runs dry. I thank you for your word and the revelation in your word. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for having us. It is a pleasure and a thrill to be here. And um, it was enjoyable to be able to teach. Was, it, was, that, was that good teaching? Yeah. Seven P's and Pastor Annette. I did seven all P's. Yeah, yeah, yeah.